Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. What up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. The introduction is going to be done a little differently today. We're going to bring John in in segment two. But for segment one, the introduction, I have brought on my better half, Crystal, who... And just to give a quick background, the reason why I'm bringing her on is because we watched the Owen Hart documentary and Crystal... Did you have any idea about anything relating to this story before I asked you to watch it? You mean, did I know at all who this person was? No. So I like the idea of you coming in and providing like this perspective of just not having any idea about wrestling and and how it works and everything. And, And so sort of fresh eyes on the story now. When I first thought that it would be a good idea to for you to watch this, I thought the documentary was going to be a little bit different. It wasn't as much of a expose of WWF at the time, though there were some moments where they definitely did not look good, but it was more so about a wife, a widow now, talking about her husband and her kids and how a situation affected them. Um, as As you think about the show... Like, was there any main takeaways? Like, did anything stand out in the show that uh, were sort of negative? Or or were you like, how does this work in the real world? Was there anything like sort of like the Benoit one that we watched? Was there anything like that, like shocking kind of thing? Yeah, I think there was a lot shocking. I mean, the, um, the fact that they kept the show going was really shocking to me. And I think it sounds like it was shocking to everybody who watched it. Um, but also, I mean, I really liked his wife. She seemed really, um, just likable, likable person. And it seems like she said, I totally have forgiven them by this time, which is amazing. I mean, what, what year was it again? It would have been 1999. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a long time ago, but still, I mean, you'd think she'd hold on to some, you know, ill feelings, but it seems like she hasn't. Yeah. I, I think, the reason why I wanted it to be a little bit more of an expose on WWF is because this is before they become a public company. They are they are they are very popular, like way more popular than they are today. But they're still kind of performing under the guise of like, oh, this is just pro wrestling. So, you know, they're not getting covered very closely by newspapers or, you know, the Internet is it's there, but it's not what it is today. And so I was always interested in how they would, how people would reflect on seeing Vince McMahon tell the woman reporter that he doesn't like her tone when she literally just asked him a question. 
That was the worst. And I think like my first question to you, maybe even during the show, I don't know if it was during or after, but I was like, do people like him? Like, is he- <laughs> well, it's, it's an interesting discussion because I would say that most wrestling fans who are a fan of the WWE product, they probably love him to the extent of whenever WWE does anything wrong, they are very quick to uh, give him the benefit of the doubt. And that's just sort of how it's been. And um, why I wanted this story to, to be a little covered a little bit more closely, though, I understand why it was covered the way it was. It was Martha's. This is the way Martha wanted it to be covered. She did not want it to be about WWF. She wanted it to be about Owen and how her family adjusted and how they sought justice in in uh, trying to find the truth behind what happened. Now, the uh, the way that it happened, and I think they explained it pretty well, so you probably have a pretty good idea, is that they were going to, he was going to come down from the top of the arena, he was going to have uh, on a cord, and then when he hit the ring, then the buckle would unlock, and then he would be free uh, of the cord. And what I didn't realize is that um, there was some, uh, I guess there was a change in, in the way that Vince McMahon wanted to do it. And this is why they went this route of this different buckle or whatever. And I mean, that just just, just gross negligence uh, because of what happened. Now, if, if nothing happens and then they fake, oh, we can't do this again. Okay, whatever. But the fact that it did happen on their watch, I thought that was such gross negligence. But it the again, the doc wasn't focused uh, in, in that way. Um, thinking about, you know, I, I sort of described it to you as I was watching the show and then they showed the clip of Jim Ross saying, I have the unfortunate you know, experience of having to tell you that Onar died, like that really happened on TV. Uh, that part of it, like, what did you think about that? Did it, it's, it's almost me watching it back. It almost felt not real. And I experienced it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, right when he said that I was like, wait, they're seeing this on TV, like without having told the wife, like, what if she's watching this, you know, but I guess she wasn't and she got the call from Prince, but um, yeah, the buckle thing was crazy too. Like her having the actual buckle and showing like how easy it was for the clip to open and all it needed was six pounds of pressure and this dude's like 200 plus pounds. That was crazy. It was really striking. And, and you know, some of the things that were not covered that I think Martha in her investigation actually uncovered um, is that the... Uh, WWE, I be, at least I, I, I'm not remembering, if I don't remember this exactly, it's because it was, you know, 21 years ago. But I think what they tried to say is that Owen is the one who, like you know, like a parachute, like unhooked himself. And that's absolutely not what happened. So mm-hmm. when they were trying to defend themselves, that's how they explained it. And she was like, no, that is not how it worked. And that was part of her investigation and sort of figuring it out. Yeah, she said something like, all they said was, don't pull this cord, and he never pulled it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wish that they had gone more into the, 
her investigation and the lawsuit and all that, they really glossed over that part. So I was surprised about that. But um, I guess she had a reason for not wanting to really go into that. Yeah, I mean, and some of it is probably because of what you just said, which is she's tried to forgive and she's tried to, um, you know, she's tried to live her life and she's tried to focus on the positives, which is her husband, uh, you know, and what she what he wanted and and trying to make those things happen. Um, When it comes to the part of like the family part, I don't know if they, I don't know if you got a good view of the heart family, the crazy heart family. And like, you know, if they wanted to, they could have gone a little bit deeper into it. But again, this is not what the documentary is about, but you know, she comes into this family and Stu, I think they mentioned he had, Stu and Helen had like 12 kids or something like that. And so it's literally like, uh, I think uh, Chris Jericho has described it in the past as like the Adams family house. Like, you know, Stu's making eggs for people and there's cats walking around and cats are using the bathroom. And so you're not sure if the utensils are clean oh, about gross. what he's using to clean, fix the eggs and clean the, the cat, you know, <laughs> poop or whatever. But it's that kind of, it's that kind of home. So she comes into that home and has to acclimate herself. And, um, you know, it, it was pretty clear that she and Owen may have not been as close to, to that family or, um, maybe had the same sort of values of what they wanted to do with their life as, as the rest of them. Like they were hard, it's a hardcore wrestling family and he did eventually get in the business. But did you, did, could you think like, did you sense any, any craziness in the, with that family while you were watching or was that just not a big enough part of the part of the show? Definitely not craziness so much like the cat thing. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Uh, But the, um, it was it was really sad when she said that, you know, a lot of the family turned against her, stopped talking to her or even worked against her because they were so loyal to the WWF. So that was really sad. And I wondered, I, I really think they could have made this two hours like they really yeah, could. have. I think made that's the biggest mistake of, of the whole thing. Yeah, because they could have gone into that family dynamic much more um, and talked more about that and how you know, they are today, you know, especially with the kids and stuff. I think they could have gone further. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the part of that family, like I said, is, is just the business. They're all about the wrestling business and their kids are also wrestlers. So if you think of maybe some of Owen's family, um, if they completely turn on the WWF, then their kids don't get the opportunity, you know, like Brett and Owen did. And so I can sort of see that, but there's, um, yeah, there was a situation where I think the lawyers, Martha's lawyers were trying to get the Hart family to be on her side by saying something to the effect of, you know, we, we will, if we, if we do win money, we will be able to give you some. And one of the sisters, um, had the paperwork and like immediately faxed it to the WWE side. Oh wow! Just just to sh- and it's like a dumb thing to do, like away. But you would, you wouldn't think that the family, you know, know. goes that, to the other side like that. That's so crazy. But I guess if that's their livelihood, that's the only you know career they know. But by then there was another wrestling uh, company or whatever. Well, right yeah, there. it was it was the the WCW, but. Um, 
by at that point when the lawsuit had happened, WCW was gone. Oh. WWF had actually bought them. Oh, yeah. So I mean, I just I think they could have gone further. Like you knew every little bit, probably. I'm sure you know others did, but for someone like me coming in not knowing anything, it there was a lot of questions for sure. Um, so compare this one to the Benoit one. Uh, I didn't have you watch any of the others. I didn't think they were necessarily worthy from a storytelling aspect, but I wanted you to watch the Benoit one because that seems like not real life, like what happened. And I also wanted you to watch the Owen one because similarly, it's like, this is an unbelievable story. And I wanted the outsider's perspective who had never even seen this or heard this before. I think I like the Benoit one better. Um, and I think you said it was longer, right? Yeah, was, that one was two hours. I was like, why is this so short? Why is this over already? Yeah, so I think just they were able to go in a little deeper and they went a little deeper for someone like me that doesn't know the story. That was helpful because this was kind of just like a snippet, you know, like a taste. And I needed you to fill in the blanks. Yeah, that's the other thing is I, I did wonder if if a lot of that made sense because I think they are creating that show for people who for have some fans. sort of semblance of that story. Right, yeah. Which, I mean, maybe that's their goal, but I don't know that it should be. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that is it. Thank you for coming on and um, helping me out with the intro to this podcast. And maybe we'll see there's other stuff in, in our quarantine times that <laughs> I may have to bring you on again. No problem. Anytime. All right. So, going to go to break and then bring John in for the normal start of our show let's talk about our friends from bet online there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner bet online nascar is back and bet online has hundreds of other games events and sports to get in on you can still bet on simulated nfl nba ufc and ufc events 24 7 you can participate in the $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament that you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex-Chicago Bulls, Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling The Final Dance. And there's a clip out there of Horace Grant going after MJ. So that is going to be a must-see. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all of the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. All right, back here with John. So, uh, John, I did a little bit of an intro with Crystal. We talked about the Owen Hart dark side. I got it from the very super casual point of view of hers um i do want to get your point of view on this uh, on on the docuseries um but before we do i just want to give a couple of shout outs here so first shout out goes to obviously our sponsors blue chew a bet online second shout out goes to one hunter laraca turn two today what did you guys do for his birthday well, we can't do much, you know, because of the social distancing. But we did go to my in-laws, and we had a family friend. He's really into police cars right now. Um, he watches that show, Blippy. <laughs> There's, like, this song, like, he sings called 
old police car. So he just loves it. So he's into police cars. And so we had a, a friend um, hook it up where a couple the officers came by with their cars. They they rang their sirens. They came out. They took pictures. They gave him a present. So it was it was a lot of fun. Okay, so also uh, this episode is dedicated to one uh, Shad Gaspard who passed away after uh, basically being on the beach and getting caught uh, in the water on the de- in the deep end in a riptide, I guess, and uh, he and his son were were in the water and uh, the lifeguard could only save one, and so they saved the son. And by the time they came back, Shad was hit with a pretty big wave and. You know, th- this story sucks because as a father, these are the things that you think about when you have kids. It's like, oh man, what if there's a situation, you know, I have to save my child. Like it's something that every father, every mother too, but and may- maybe more mothers than fathers play in your mind, hoping to never have to deal with something like that. And uh, it was it was rough because, you know, one, one thing about Shad is, you know, I, I, I enjoy the uh, figure four and wrestling observer community. I've met lots of really cool people. Like a lot of the people in our Facebook group are right directly from the, the F4W community. And he, I, I wasn't in Vegas during this time, but he went to one of the conventions or he was there at that time. And lots of people had really good things to say about him. He was so friendly. He was hanging out with people and um, on the website, Earlier today, uh, Paul Fontaine wrote about his conversation with Shad and and how uh, it was it was something that he he remembers. So, just a really sad story, and uh, you know that this this was whenever any you know whenever anybody passes away, it's like really sad. But this one was just so sad because of the way that it happened. Yeah, tragic. Um, this you know, as a father, you know, thinking about you know the hell. The ultimate sacrifice, right? Like he, you know, just to save his son. That's what any father would do. And so, but it's just, it was just, just heartbreaking. And, you know, like, like everyone else, I was kind of keeping up with it as it, you know, kept look hearing the news, hearing the news and seeing what's going to, hopefully somehow, some way, you know, he would, he would turn out okay. But it's unfortunate he didn't, but, um, I never met him. Um, I know, um, APW brought JTG in for a show a while ago. I, I didn't work that one. I was just, I was actually just in attendance and, um, but yeah, yeah. So sad, man. And, and, um, so, you know, like all the best to his, uh, family and friends and his fans and, you know, seemed like a really good guy. I mean, I, I hear so many people talk so highly about him. So he just had to be that, that great guy. So, you know, there's a video going around from WrestleMania 35 Shad and MVP were watching Kofi Kingston win the world title. And, you know, the the way that I remember the Kofi Kingston win is I was just like, okay, like, great, he's going to win this match, and then they're not going to do anything with him. He's going to be a weak champion. And that's exactly what happened. But just to see the pride on their faces watching this match was really awesome. And it made me think back to like, yeah, like that was a great moment, even though I was so concerned about what was coming out of that moment and how I didn't think that they were going to do a good job with Kofi. Still, 
to to those two guys like that moment was like the moment it was such an awesome little video that that that's going around twitter these days yeah i see that a lot and it it's an interesting video because i remember when i first saw that video i'm like well did they guys watch ron simmons win the world title from the big yeah, bad bait yeah. in august that was pretty emotional too but you know they, they didn't they didn't run up and down the road with ron yeah simmons. yeah exactly you know, like exactly um yeah okay so the only other thing before we get into the conversation is um just want to let folks know that the April version of We Want Flair, where we went over Flair leaving WCW, getting into WWE in uh, late or summer of 91, doing the program with Hogan, the house show program, winning the Rumble, and then uh, facing Savage at WrestleMania. That whole series of, of segments we did, I put it into one. Actually, it's actually so big that it had to go into two YouTube videos. Mm. So... That's on YouTube. It is also on the website. I put the post up with both YouTube videos in there. Uh, Big Dave Meltzer's in it. Uh, and uh, our, My buddy Brandon Draven from the K Fabulous Lucha Brothers is in it. And then you and I, of course. So just letting people know if you if you missed it because, you know, we, we do them in segments weekly. It is all up for everyone to listen to if they wish on uh, YouTube. Okay, so let's talk about the Owen Hart Dark Side of the Ring. Um, as I was talking to Crystal earlier, my thought about what this show was going to be like is a little bit different from the execution. And I've been listening to Martha Hart uh, on Talk is Jericho. I listened to her on Wrestling Observer Radio. I, I've been reading uh, interviews of her. So I get why it was different than, than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be sort of this expose in WWF's negligence of the situation. And there was definitely some of that. And that played very strongly to, to Crystal. Like she couldn't believe some of that stuff that they did talk about. But this was way more of a story about Owen um, as a, a father who didn't live to, to be the father that he wanted to be. It was about his widow. It was about Martha. It was about the kids. It was about his memory and really making sure that his memory lives on in a different way from how some wrestling fans want it to live on, but in the way that she believes that he wanted it to live on. So what were your thoughts on the, uh, the episode of the dark side of the ring? Um, I enjoyed it. I was, uh, I really liked, I liked the stuff about, I mean, I know people like the dirt and they want to see the controversy on these shows, but I really like seeing the personal side of these guys and the, um, I like seeing the, the home footage of him and his family um, that was really good. I watched this with my wife, Katrina. She uh, kind of jumped, jumped in it about five minutes in and it hooked her. She, she like stopped what she was doing and, and, uh, finished the episode with me. And she was just, uh, she was sad of course for what happened and everything. And, uh, but she was just appalled about how the show continued on after he passed away. Like she just can't even understand like, why would they even do that? And I, and I still to this day don't understand why they didn't just, you know, stop everything you know they, they knew he passed away they knew he died like in that ring i mean uh, they did, but, to me at least uh, I, what i thought at the time was they were worried about having to refund that building and just the idea of the fans kind of going like like so if you you do and and it actually happened this way as it did anyway, because of, of the situation. But I, like, I always thought, now this is just my personal opinion, and it's not anything I've heard, not anything Vince has ever said. I thought if you stop the show there, 
The show is remembered solely for what happened and you have half of a show and it's almost like the this show was created for this to happen rather than it was a wrestling show and then we had an accident and 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 so i always thought that was the reason but also because i mean how do you you know just refund everybody like you know what's the deal with that so you know it, it was a a moment that nobody prepares for right so you so the, you can fault the situation but at the end of the day they didn't have a plan for a a situation like that to happen and but i think the thing that sucks about it is days and days and days and days and days and days, and days defending continuing the show i think that's more the problem that i had yeah i mean yeah no one prepares for you know someone passing away like that and or anytime anyway in a on a wrestling show to and just stopping it um so i don't know it's just um it was but I, I enjoyed the episode it uh it was one of the better ones i thought you know personally just as enjoying it i'm sure a lot was left out and of course it's only an hour episode i always wish these things were kind of two hours because i think they could have dived a little deeper in a lot of stuff I mean, not like, I mean, not like a new Jack episode, right? <laughs> yeah, not new Jack. We didn't but, do two hours of that. But like, yeah, they could have bookended it with the two hour Benoit and the two hour Owen Hart, you know, doc, with doc would have been, would have been nice in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I know, you, you know, you mentioned the dirt and everything. The problem with it is if you're going to do documentary. Mm-hmm. No, I know. I know. But, but also what are they selling, right? They are selling the dark side of the ring. And so that's that's why I thought they were going to dig deeper. I do think that um, there were opportunities in in the Benoit doc, in the Snooka doc, and in this doc where it, it could have been somewhat of an expose on Vince McMahon and WWF, and they chose not to go that route. You know, maybe there's a reason. Maybe they don't. Maybe they think they're going to get sued. Maybe they don't want to be in complete bad, uh, you know, on the bad side of them. But the opportunities were there in in the cases where I thought they could have really done some great journalism. Um, they decided not to. And so that's just the show. The show is not meant to be a, an investigative news report. So, you know, even though I may have wanted it to be a little bit more like that, it, that's not the show. It's, it's a TV show designed to get people to watch. So that, I, I get that part. Um, what did you think of, you know, no Hart family outside of Martha and her kids, no Brett, no representative of of the family outside of them. Uh, I thought it was um, a, probably the right move, but again, in in a documentary, you do want to hear kind of other sides of the story, which we didn't get. Uh, uh, but I just thought it was interesting. I didn't I didn't need Brett for any more than uh, you know thirty seconds or a minute, but I just thought it was it, it was a little bit of a of a white elephant to me. Yeah, I, you know, I thought that too, especially when they brought up that uh, people of the family were against her in her lawsuit against the WWE. I thought it could have been interesting to get the counterpoint to those from those people from that from those family members. Um, I do believe Brett was in it for like what in the early beginning, kind of getting some backstory of Owen, right? Just like a, that was about it. But yeah, it would have been nice to kind of counterbalance that out with. Uh, Cause that's like a big, like, wow, you know, it really makes the Hart family look like, look like horrible human beings, you know, but, um, 
But uh, yeah, I think they, that that would have been nice to have. I don't know who it would have been. That would have been the guy. I mean, Brett. Brett would have been a good one. And yeah, I mean, I think it had to be Brett, uh, unless. Um, gosh, I, I don't know. So I wanted the, one of the other brothers, possibly, but Brett is the one that that fits the the wrestling piece mm-hmm. of this. Um, what did you think about the? I guess just the the telling of the accident, like it was a really, it almost didn't feel real. And I experienced it when it happened. And you know, the, the thing that, uh, my buddy who, you know, uh, Edson, he and I were, I don't know if we were on the phone or we were like chit chatting about it or so. I, I don't think we watched it together, but it was like, it was like almost so unbelievable that you're trying to like, make jokes so that you're not super vulnerable like that's what i remember the most is like us trying to like joke around so that it like wasn't real and and that was a that 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 whole thing like even when you watched it back on the show it almost it didn't seem real i was like wow that really happened you know just you just had one of those moments where you're like man that really happened you know even though i lived it i just sort of hoped that you know this was like some weird weird dream or something yeah um i watched it live as well and at that time, just like when they announced Brian Pillman passed away before the pay-per-view, um, when I saw this happen, I thought, there's something up with this. This must be some kind of a, a, a you know, an angle or storyline. Just because, like, you know, things were so wacky at that time. They were doing crazy storylines and, and, you know, faking someone's death is something that, you know, so I could think they would do. And unfortunately it wasn't, it was very real. And I just remember being pretty numb watching that, sh- the rest of the show. And I can imagine the people in that building, people, the wrestlers in the back, Austin undertaker in that main event. Um, I just remember just, that's all I could think about was, you know, when it finally set, set in, especially when you actually, even when Jim Ross said it, I was kind of like, really? Like, but then it just kind of like it's it's like something in your brain clicks and your heart or something in your heart you just you just, you just know it's real at this point. And then I remember just being completely numb. And I've never watched that peer review ever again. Oh no, never have. I had it on tape. I marked the. I remember having the back to VHS tapes. <laughs> we always been talk. We talk a lot of VHS here. Um, I know. I know. Um, I have. I just. I. I can even picture how I wrote it on there. You know, and and I just never ever watched it again and i remember when i threw away all my vhs tapes because i was just getting rid of all my clutter i remember like happily throwing that one away like i never want to see it again yes that was quite the moment and you know this is a this is a gigantic year for wwf Mm. i think they go public like not that far after this or it's like pretty it's it's like you know within a few months or or something like that and you know gigantic year for them business-wise 2000 is you know maybe their best creative year uh, of the last 20 years so you know they still have it's it's almost like um not to say that this is a footnote but they're they're so successful at this time even the negative publicity was not going to stop them. And, and cause they were just firing on all cylinders and, you know, 98, 99, 2000. So just, a, it's just, yeah, it's just a weird 
thing to look back. Like I imagine, you know, somebody who's younger, like um, they, uh, our buddy on our board, Brady Childs, like I'm sure like he had no idea that this happened when he started watching wrestling and had to learn it, you know, like as he's following the business, what, like this really happened. It's unbelievable. So it has been, you know, like 21 years or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a very long time. And it was just interesting seeing Katrina watch it because, you know, she's just really invested as a mother, just invested in the children and their story and sadness for them. And then that, like her, her big takeaway was like, how can they go on with this? This is, you know, that was like, it was, she was really passionate about that. She was really angry. And, um, so it was, it's been fun watching. I watched like about 80% of these with her. So, um, that was, that was a, that was a lot of fun to do. All right, so we're going to take a break. But before we do, I just want to let folks know if they want to hear Martha, more on, on Martha, who is like so impressive in, in these interviews. So I, I mentioned Talk is Jericho. She did it with Chris. I believe it was like last weekend. So that's been out there for a little bit if you haven't heard it. And then just uh, Wednesday... She did an interview with uh, Dave, Big Dave, and Jim Valley, and it's actually free on uh, F4W Online slash Wrestling Observer, so you don't have to be a subscriber, uh, and <clears throat> you can uh, you know you can listen to that. It's like an hour and a half or something. It's really good. So um, just a little tease. I might be doing something with Dave this weekend related to. Uh, more the wrestling side of Owen, I think, rather than the. Uh, the tragedy part of it. Um, okay, so let's take a quick break. And now, our friends from Blue Chew. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable... They work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay the five dollars in shipping again. That's B L U E Chew.com. Promo code Blue Wire. Okay, John, uh, we usually do this in a little bit of a different order, but I want to talk about the wrestling that you watched this week because I want to follow up with uh, a little bit of a preview of Double or Nothing so that we can chit chat about that. And I want to talk about the TV that happened first. So the go home show for, for double or nothing. And then the, uh, the NXT show as well. And if you watch raw, I didn't, I'm, I'm completely out of, uh, watching raw these days. So what is, uh, what are some of the good and the bad and the ugly of wrestling that you watch this week? I would say like the Wednesday night shows are both so lackluster to me. Like, I was really disappointed at all. I think it's like one of the worst, not worst. I can't say it's horrible, but it was just wasn't the strongest night for both shows. You know, usually there's one that's listen really good, and it just there wasn't too much for me to really say, "Wow, man, that was great." You know, there's some good stuff I liked. I liked 
but it's real small stuff. Like I like the Cameron Grimes promo. Um, I did joy. Uh, I really like that match between uh, Kushida and Drake Maverick. I, I liked both of the cruiser matches. I thought they were both good. Um, mm-hmm. The the first one was, uh, I guess, if, if I was to say which one was better, I, I obviously like the second one better. The Drake Maverick story is just pretty compelling, and to make it a, a three way in in that um, in, in in that side. Uh, but I, I liked I liked the action in both the matches. They were they were pretty solid matches. Yeah, I think Ahio Fantasma. He's talented, but I think he he gets stuck in his lucha ways. And then when I mean that, I don't mean the flying stuff, which is which is great. He's he's a excellent high flyer, but you know some of the selling and selling into position and 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 feeding. He's just very lucha's very lazy. <laughs> I know that people will probably be upset about that when i say that but like it is like it they you know they 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 could do this great acrobatic stuff but like you know that they're not in this is not about selling and then for them it's more just you know getting in position and do the high spots right so so with american style is a little different and just really that really stood out to me like some of the stuff we like you know feeding in position he was very lazy on but i'm sure you know he'll improve on that especially when the performance center starts revving up again and they can start training again because i don't think they're doing, they're not doing anything at the performance when it comes to training so um he's still kind of stuck in his ways a little bit um i like tozawa though so i mean they had a good it, it got it got better towards the the end but the far superior of the match the matches for me was Kushida and drake maverick i really liked that i really liked the uh, um rhea ripley and uh eo i thought they have really good chemistry they had really they have really good chemistry together those finishes uh, suck though oh i know i, I know the finish I wish they would have came out with a little bit, a little more creative on that finish. But, uh, but yeah, the match itself was fine. And the rest of the show, I mean, um, I enjoyed Damian Priest's promo. I like Cameron Grimes. I loved Cameron Grimes' promo. I just thought that was perfect. Like, you know, like you're just being totally cocky and arrogant for beating Finn Balor, even though, you know, it was the, the, uh, the interference from Damian Priest that really, you know, was able to have him win that match. Um, I, I did not like the Champa promo. Um, I just don't like it when a guy gets beat up in the back, choked out, and he comes out and has like this nonchalant conversation about you know, you, you know, he's putting him, he puts him over about you know all his credentials, and then and it's just you know you would be pissed, right? I mean, you would be pissed. You want to fight? I don't know. It just it just seemed. It was just lame. I didn't like that at all. Um, okay, so what about Cross second weekend or second or third weekend in a row? Just dominates the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, squash. It is slightly one dimensional to me, but he, you know, who knows what he is at this point? And so you're going to highlight the strengths, which is which is fine. I think I think. I don't like the the beginning their their intro where Scarlet kind of acts a little crazy. Uh, I I like her more as like just really like the the sexy like chick who knows that she's hot stuff and like that you know just no one can have her except for her man. Like I like that better than the the kind of the psycho thing in the beginning. But you know I think they have time. You know you and I sort of argued. My my thought was, you know, why debut him now? Because it just does. It's just not as effective without a crowd. But the one flip side is, 
is that they could really hone the act right now and be ready by the time you know maybe by the time when when fans come back you know maybe he's a, he's a he's a main eventer or something they did change it up a little bit like in the first time we saw him debut she sang or lip synced the song to the ring and you know that's really her singing this the song and so she was singing in the ring in the first time around. This time around, she didn't lip sing, which, which she just didn't, you know, she didn't do any lip singing at all, which I liked because, like, I thought, like, that's one thing I thought, like, man, it's going to get old after a while, right? Her lip singing the song each time he comes out. Um, him dominating guys for weeks, like, you know, job guys for weeks is, is perfectly fine. You're establishing him, you know, you're showing how, you know, he's a force to be reckoned with. And, but let's see what happens when he, you know, gets the up the ladder and, and now he's going right into the main event or one of the main events of uh, uh, TakeOver in your house. And I just don't, I didn't like the execution of that whole, how to set that match up with Ciampa. Like, I just don't, I feel like Ciampa, I don't know if it was true to his character. I would think Ciampa would want to, would want to kick his, uh, kick his butt. Um, I, I wasn't really a big fan of the first hour of NXT. Really, really wasn't a fan. I think things started picking up a little bit right after the Mia Yim win over Santana Garrett. And I, I just, I get a kick out of the Garganos right now. Like <laughs> Gar- Johnny plays a really good little heel. He reminds me a little bit of Eddie Gilbert, who I love. And Candice is really good as a heel. Like she, I had, to, I didn't think this would work, but man, it is working. And I like the idea of you know him and um, hooking up with Keith Lee, and they have a they'll have a, a a mixed tag match with their ladies, and I'm down for all that. So like after that, once that started, I really enjoyed the show, even though I wasn't a big fan of the finish. But like that, I really like that part of NXT this week. Um, but the, I thought I thought this was kind of lackluster all, all in all. You know, I thought. Um, I wanted like an Imperium follow up promo, right? Like mm-hmm. they just won the championship. Just can you can you give them thirty to forty five seconds of talking about being the champions? Like, um, um, I like Thatcher's promo. I thought that was really good, and I thought Riddle was good too. So, like I said, everything after that first hour I thought was 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 good for NXT. First hour I wasn't a fan. So for AEW, like I said, this was their go home show, and. W- I'm writing something for Friday, maybe even by the time you guys listen to this. Uh, basically a preview, but doing a little bit different than sort of your normal preview. Who should win? You know, how, what are the stakes? All that stuff. Everyone knows that stuff. More so along the lines of, are you excited for the show? And did, you know, did, did they do anything, you know, in that last show or, or in the recent angles to excite you even more? Like, were, if you were a a uh i'm going to buy this show are you still at the same level and and surprisingly well actually not surprisingly because i didn't you know i didn't really care for the show that much it wasn't all that interesting to me it seems like even the aew fans who uh were definitely gonna buy that show they were like yeah i think i'll buy it but you know the not, there's nothing different from last week or two weeks ago when maybe they were super fired up to buy double or nothing so that it's an interesting thing to me because AEW, this is only their, what, third pay-per-view, I think, as far as TV, like having TV. So, you know, the art of the go-home show. And I think that, you know, they tried to do something, you know, when as they go off air with, with, the, uh, with the, sta- the, the stadium thing at the end. 
um, you know, and it was it was exactly what the the couple weeks before was with you know them running around backstage and it was goofy and there were you know you saw have Adam Page running like fifty yards mm-hmm. coming downfield mm-hmm. that was actually kind of cool that was cool um, but you know the, you kind of know what you're gonna get with this match it's not gonna be a it's gonna be a brawl on a football field and there's gonna be crazy stunts involved and and so you know I I, I just think. The idea of running a pay-per-view, um, so if you can compare WrestleMania, right? So WrestleMania is built off of, and we even talked about this, it wasn't even really the culmination of feuds. It was like the beginning of a lot of these feuds, but it was more around serious wrestling, except for the two cinema matches, as uh, our buddy Chris DiPietro uh, calls them. But the rest of it was serious build wrestling matches. And on this side, on the AEW side, you do have the serious build of Cody and Lance Archer. There's heat involved. Um, but then you also have the sta- the stadium match, which is going to be wacky, and it's going to be Sammy Guevara taking crazy bumps, and it's going to be the Young Bucks doing crazy stuff. And so there is more of a variance or more of a variety when it comes to serious stuff and you know flippy stuff and and the stuff that you know some of the stuff that that you just have flat out said that you don't like is going to be on the show so from a from a it's time to to fork up some cash i do wonder how their style of of variety show is going to going to work as far as the pay-per-view buys are concerned because i'm buying the show but i was gonna buy it anyways i'm supposed to be in vegas right now you know yeah to to go to this show but um it'll be interesting because because it's you know wwe you paid your 10 bucks you got wrestlemania you got your money in the bank i think money in the bank was you know, it was what it was. Nothing great. You didn't you didn't need to watch it if you missed it. Big whoop. If you did watch it, you got at least one really good match. And WrestleMania had the two days we've talked about it. You know, one of the days was pretty good. The other day was eh, wasn't as good. But here they are. They they have you know they're selling this pay per view for fifty bucks or whatever it is. So there's a little bit more behind the decision to pay for this versus just subscribing to the WWE network. So I, I'm really interested in this in this buy rate number because it is going to be solely based off of what people thought the TV is because it's not like, you know, it's not like uh, there's a ton of hype in, in, in the pandemic heading into this weekend. Yeah, and I'm I'm on the fence, and I went. I just before we actually got on, I I said, "Let's how much it costs on my, on my Comcast." It's sixty bucks in HD. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. I don't watch SD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit of a snob when it comes to that stuff, but it it I'm, is it is a definite. This is that's a big, m- much like the UFC show from a couple weeks ago. This is a purchasing decision, and mm-hmm. the great thing about the UFC, and the thing that was was really a key decision making uh thing was the fact that there was no ufc so we just missed it with AEW, we get empty arena tv every week yeah yeah exactly and you know i'm just looking at my bill and it's already high as it is right on the norm without without uh, uh ordering a pay-per-view so 
I'm I'm still juggling. I'm thinking about the options. Um, I was thinking. I think it might be a little cheap. Someone was saying. I think it's Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy in our uh, Facebook group said. Um, Jeremy Finestone. Yeah, I think he said it was fifty bucks. But I'm like, oh shoot, it's ten dollars more here. What the? Yeah, heck? I don't. I if he may be buying buying it on Bleacher Report. Mm-hmm. I think um, so. I'm, that, I'm that's where that. that's where I'm gonna have to buy it because I don't have cable. Yeah. Um. So I may. Uh, but I don't. I don't know. I think it, it could be. 50 or could be 60 i don't know what it is but here's the thing the last time i did buy something on bleacher report i don't watch live because i got the kids and all that and it's i usually wait till they go to bed then i start throwing this stuff on and and when i did that the last time around i couldn't watch till the next day yeah that sucks so I'm, i mean I'll, i'm gonna watch it live for sure but i did remember your story and i was like i need to make sure that i'm like watching it right from the beginning so i don't know i don't know if they i don't maybe someone out there could uh let, let us know if they, they've bought anything else on you know bleacher report like is they have they fixed that issue uh, maybe, maybe dave can make a call to someone and find <laughs> out because because like like, like I, that's you know that's a big deal like that's what's so you know that's what's so cool about WWE network like i i know a show's going on but i could just click it on when i'm ready right oh, yeah oh yeah all right so, so let, let's not talk about the pay-per-view just yet but i did I, I did want to kind of give how i watched this show i didn't watch it super closely i wasn't studying it intently but just my mindset of like okay, how are they going to sell this show to their fans and then their fans' friends? And then, you know, because it's not like we can all, I mean, I'm sure some people are getting together, but it's not like we can all get together like Mm -hmm. old times to to watch this. So um, the one thing I will say is I thought the main event was way too long. (laughs) (sighs) Way too long. Yeah, Matt's just not, he's just not... He just can't go long anymore. You know, the, the things are catching up to him. And with that gimmick, too, it's it's, it's gimmick where you have to do shorter matches. Uh, I, and, like, last week, like, I, I was thinking, I was, I was tweeting to Ben Miller on uh, on Twitter. And I, I and I said, like, last week, you know, Sam McVar is coming out with a neck brace and using a chair as a crutch, right? He's all beat up. And this week, he's totally fine, ready to wrestle, wrestle a main event match with Matt Hardy, so really stupid well uh, we, we we will have a discussion on uh sunday's uh we want flair with <laughs> with selling of injuries yeah. oh man uh you're well we'll talk about that thing but I, I i might have a different opinion on that one but um but yeah this this I, I, the, the, it was way too long that brawl other than the highlight of adam page um doing that one of the 50 yard uh run with the big clothesline which was i i was that was cool stuff i like that kind of stuff but the, i thought the bra was very weak um what about kenny omega's shorts i should have really paid that close attention but then like you know the young bucks are perched on the side of the stadium like w- once you run out to help your buddy they're holding him against the a football post i know they're trying to be very theatrical is there you know and funny. matt got hurt i think right was it Did matt? He? Did i think he hurt? Uh, i think it was matt uh uh, possibly uh, rib cartilage injury. Oh, wonderful! Coming off the top of the uh, the stadium dive out, I think maybe. So. I think so. Yeah, that was silly. Um, and the brawling was very weak. Not that most of those guys aren't good brawlers, so which is going to be, I would assume the stadium stampede is going to be a lot of a lot of gaga, a lot of gags. Um, it's going to have to be right. Though I would like them to start one team. 
on the opposite side of the end zone. He does and, and like run like Braveheart, you know, like into the <laughs> middle to start the match off. Uh, so yeah, I, n- nothing about the main event really got me into like seeing that match. I, I, I'm trying to think of, is oh yeah, there's one match I really do want to see. There's a match I of course it's a uh, MJF and Jungle Boy. Yeah, that's the match that I want to see the most too. That's the match definitely I want to see. Not just because you know I worked with Jungle Boy for and, and know him. I just like both those guys, and I, you know, they had a really good match on TV about a, a few months ago, and I want to see what they can do on pay per view here. I think it, uh, I think it'll be good. Also, to me, MJF's character is one of the most compelling wrestling characters right now. Now, mm-hmm. you know, some of it is that he is so great at talking, and this is a, a time where his talking is probably going to mean more than than most. There are, there are actually some people who actually uh, do a good job with these empty arena promos, uh, uh, even, even on WWE side. I think Kevin Owens does a really good job with his stuff. Uh, but MJF is excellent at it, and he, you know, he stayed away. We we missed him. We we got the little, you know, minute and a half promo every week from his uh, his rats houses that he was staying at. But we didn't, you know, we didn't. He didn't overstay his welcome. So these last few weeks, you're like, oh yeah, I miss this guy. You know, I love seeing this guy on TV. So I hope that this is, you know, a match that is given time. I hope that it is, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be the semi-main event or anything, but it should be, uh, it should be, in like important, and and I think it, I think it'll be good for for Jungle Boy and you know MJF. I'm assuming is is sort of on his way to being, you know, in the main event, uh, you know, in the next uh, in the next several months or so. So I think it's, there should be some importance to this match, and I hope that it is not just a you know, oh, you know, it's second match on the card or something. I hope they don't do that to this match. Um, I think they're going to position it. I don't know if I can say it's going to be semi main or anything, but I think they'll position it in a strong position because you know MGF they're they're building up like you said for future main events, uh, and you know Jungle Boys so when they see as a future. I mean, Cody talks about it every time he talks about MGF and Jungle Boys. So I def- I definitely think they really do want to feature these these two young kids and and uh, they'll have a great match but you know what's funny but speaking of empty arena and, and the pandemic and i've noticed this is not just i'm not just pointing out mgf but um as i see it in on a lot of a lot of, lot of guys man it's been it's been hard to see the kayfabe doctor lately people are <laughs> looking looking a lot the uh, bodies are different yeah I don't, I don't know if you noticed that and but it was for some reason like when i saw mjf like it really stuck out because he was just he was pretty jacked and bloated for that uh, pay per view match. Here he came out and his head is bigger than his shoulders, and I was like, but you know he's so good. I mean he's so he's such a character. I did you like his match with Marco Stone? What'd you think about it? Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was um, it was a little bit different from what they usually do with Marco. Marco usually gets a little bit more of a of a hope spot here and there. I just I I wonder, you know the 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 I don't know if maybe this is what his role is is to just you know get get the heel over, but he he's starting to have a role that if I was him I don't know if that 
if that is the role that I would necessarily want, though it may just be the role that he's built for. Oh, yeah. He's, what else could you do with him? I mean, he's going to be the guy that you beat up for Heat and Bully for hopefully, you know, for Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy to get revenge. Like, that's going to be his role. I mean, he's not someone you're going to push it, it, or anything. It's it's not a healthy role to just no. be eating everybody's crazy finishers and then throwing you around like a ragdoll. Yeah, and that's but that's in his unfortunately that's been his role. I mean he was doing that MLW. I mean God they didn't Teddy Hart Canadian destroy him off someone's shoulders. I think it was <laughs> Davey Boy Smith Jr.'s shoulders and taking nasty wicked bumps. So yeah, no, I know I, I I fear for that kid, really. I mean yeah. he's a you know his body's not gonna probably not it shouldn't be able to hold up from all this abuse. But I thought it was good. It could have been a little shorter. I thought maybe NGF t- took a little bit too much. Like I, don't, I wouldn't have him go into the guard, uh, the, the ringside steps and all that stuff. I thought that going to the outside and stuff wasn't needed. Um, but uh, but he did a. I thought MGF did a good job. Mostly, I thought they could have shortened that one up a little bit. What did you think of the Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts interview segment? I mean, they're both good promos. They're both good talkers. Um, I enjoyed what they said. It was just a little too long as well. And then I'm thinking, like, where's Cody and Archer? Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. the ones that are wrestling this match. They're they cut the, the promo that, for them. They cut the promo for them, which Cody needed some kind of fired-up promo about revenge for Brandy, etc. Archer needs to be featured more than Jake. Like, they need to... They need to figure out a way. Like I, I just feel like everything's is Jake against Cody. I feel it's Jake against you know, and, and he has another. He, he just has this guy, this muscle behind him. It should be opposite. You know, Jake should be helping him get over. Um, and it's gonna be interesting to see now. Now I guess now they they laid out the they kind of explain more of Mike Tyson's role. I guess he's like an enforcer referee, without saying enforcer referee. They said he'll he has free reign to roam around the ringside area so, so who, who's taking who's taking the right hand jake i'm thinking it's gonna be i think he's gonna attempt to hit jake end up hitting cody costing the match cody's gonna be heated and then he rips so he rips open his shirt and he's wearing dx oh god hope not but <laughs> No, he rips open his shirt and he has his own facial, another facial tattoo. No, Cody's tattoo. No. Um, I, I, I'm hoping they shoot an angle to where it's going to be Mike Tyson versus Cody. I just, uh, I know, I mean, why not? You know, do something that's going to get some more attention on them and some ESPN play or, you know. I don't know do if you get Fox FS1 play, but. <laughs> someone, someone in our group mentioned that they thought that Jake is a great promo where he's talking to the to the audience or to the camera and he was less impressive doing the back and forth with Arn which I agreed with it seemed mm-hmm. a little awkward that that wasn't necessarily their strengths um do you have uh, before before we move on do you have any guesses to the mystery uh ladder match person oh god i know they said that too and i was like oh great there's another guy in this <laughs> Uh, trying to think who's out there well the the hard part is we don't know if the wwe guys are cleared or not yeah yeah like a writer or something like that um who would be maybe pentagon but is he stuck in mexico i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well i I don't really care honestly luckily phoenix is still alive after that 
bump that he took. So off. yeah, any any update on his injuries or he's okay? I, I think he's okay. Like they said, Jesus. he's expected to wrestle. I thought I was just so I was feeling it for that dude. I was like, he, oh my god, he bounced like like a game of pogo back in the day. Like he just went droop donk. How does four guys miss a dude? <laughs> I got it. You got this. This how it's like how you miss a pop up in baseball, right? Like center fielder, second baseman, shortstop, all go to catch it. Everyone goes, you got it, and everyone moves out of the way. I'll never forget, um, it was 2005, Bakersfield Dome, and there was this wrestler out of the uh, Orville area, Marysville area. His name was, he was, his, his was his real name, his, his, his uh, wrestling name was uh, Scotty Aboot, and he was he did the Canadian gimmick, right? He's Canadian's greatest wrestler, which I gave him that, I told him, I mean, yeah, you can be Canadian's greatest wrestler at playoff of, you know, other wrestlers that use that moniker and he's like he's such a young kid he didn't even know that was like a thing he's like oh, that sounds so cool and he's a really good guy actually a really good natural athlete good little amateur wrestler and before the show at the dome there's two there's two levels he was gonna he was he wanted to practice doing a shooting star press he had a really good shooting star press off the second level to the floor right it's gonna be a big old thing all these people are gonna be out there he's gonna do it bam right he wanted to practice it and so they're like, all right, guys, get everyone together. He's going to practice his shooting star. And I was like, oh, man, I want to catch this dude. I don't want to catch this dude coming. Like, you know, like, you know, I, I haven't catched anyone yet. I was just a manager. And um, so he did it. And guess who's the only guy that caught him? <laughs> Me. Oh, dude, I, not, only, not only did I catch him, I caught him and didn't fall. Oh. I, like the way he landed, it was like I bear hugged him. And like, and at the time, you know, we were cool and respectful of each other. After that, we became like, like really good, like buddies. Like every time we saw each other in the locker room, like, hey, La Rock, hey, boo. Like, you know, every time we were going out drinking, it was like, we just always like had like this little respect, like, and then it was like, and I remember he, he was a kind of an outlandish kind of guy. And he just like, he's like, all you motherfuckers couldn't catch me, but La Rocca did. Again, cause I was, you know, there's guys twice my size, oh, wrestlers, yeah. you know? I was never forget that. So when I see that, I'm like, man, how do these guys miss this guy? Just, just, it was amazing. I think they were too busy. They must've been too busy brawling that. I hate those brawls that they do when you wait for a guy to dive out. It just looks so hokey. Um, but yeah, that, and then Britt Baker got hurt, right? That was the other one I was going to ask you about. I, I, think, I, I there's no way she's there. Can't be. How, how does <sighs> there? There's no way. That was bad, right? I mean, uh, Nyla, N- Naya's weight all down on her. Um, that was that looked that looked really bad. So um, I haven't really seen any other reports on it, but I, I assume she's she's maybe out of her match with Statlander. No. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Uh, I'll, uh, the only thing that was reported today was that they believe Phoenix is going to wrestle. They believe, uh, well, Matt, I mean, Matt's the one he said he's going to wrestle no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But Britt was the one that I, I can't imagine. Yeah. And God, that match was that tag. I know it fell apart on them too because, you know, Britt was taken out of the match, but that match was that good. And then, like, I don't know the audible. I don't understand why would they just have Nyla pin Statlander mm-hmm. instead of Sheeta, who she's wrestling or defending her championship against on the pay per view. I thought that was weird. I thought that was weird. I don't know why. Who who didn't make that call in the earpiece to rep tell him, hey, make sure you pin Statlander in this and not the person you're going to be wrestling at the pay per view? All right. Uh, was there anything on Raw before we move on to the uh, talk about the pay per view? Um, I watched most of 
raw. Um, it was okay. I liked the uh, Shayna Baszler Natty submission match. I thought that was I thought that was pretty good. Um, I you know I I always rip on Goofy, and I, I don't, and I usually don't like a lot of Goofy, but I did get a. In its own way, it was somewhat entertaining. The axe throwing contest for me, oh. like just because it was you and, so you and Brian Alvarez, just because it, the the way they they filmed it and it was it was like it reminded me of good eighties WWF skits. Saturday right? Night Main Event or something. Exactly, exactly. That's a great way to put it. That's what it felt like to me. So it wasn't like it, and that and in that it, it was entertaining to me, but um um. The street poppers are very entertaining guys. Oh, I yeah. think they oh, yeah. big personalities. And and the War Raiders got to show their personality in this skit too. Um uh, the Austin Theory joining Seth Rollins, I really liked. I think it's good to move him out of that that stage and put him with Seth. I think it'll definitely do a better job with I think there's they work together more better, I think. They fit he fits with Seth, he fits with Murphy. And it'd be interesting what they could do there with with that. Um, but other than that, it was it was it was okay. It was easy to watch. Um, you know, I've just you know, it's it's hard. You know, we talked about the anti arena stuff. It's hard. It's tough to get into stuff a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But but yeah. But I did sway. I was just kind of circle back real quick to the um, NXT show. I watched most, like ninety percent of it with Chloe, and it's so much fun. To watch it with your little one <laughs> How, because I mean, you know what is she intrigued about because i'm i'm watching the show and i'm like okay i can fast forward through this i can fast mm-hmm. forward through this and she's got you know she's got the 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 three-year-old detention span i can't imagine she's like fired up to to you know to, to just sit there and watch maybe it's just watching with you it's it's the game of you pick one and i pick one and who wins mm-hmm. so she was really into Dexter Loomis versus Roddick Strong, and she picked Roddick Strong. And I try to sway her to someone I think is going to win because I don't want her losing all the time. Like she always picks the losers. Like she's like, <laughs> I want the girl in the red, which is Santana Garrett, right? I'm like, hey, you might want a girl in the blue. I think they're. I think she's going to win. Um, and she was really into short gray pants, which was um, Roddy Strong. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was telling her, and, and I was like, you know, she. And then you know, Loomis gets cut a little bit on his forehead, and she's like. Daddy, why do you, what's that? What happened? And I explained to her everything, you know, and and then she was so happy when he won. Like she was like she popped. She's like, yeah, Roddy won, or you know, short, great, short, great pants won. <laughs> so that was uh, that was it. Just it's just fun, man. I'm getting excited about the future, watching wrestling with the kids and how that's gonna be. Uh, how I don't know how what wrestling's gonna look like then because it's definitely changing big time. But I know, I know, a lot of fun. All right, so let's talk about uh, double or nothing. We don't have to we don't have to talk about it too long because we talked a lot about dynamite. Um, just want to get your thoughts on some of the matches. Uh, we talked about MJF and Jungle Boy. Uh, they added Dustin Rhodes and Sean Spears, which um, I I mean it's kind of it's kind of cold, but I, anytime you know I get to see Dustin wrestle, I'm in because you know you know you don't know how many how many more matches he's going to have in him. So I, I, I'm, you know, I always enjoy watching Dustin, even though he, he tries to do, 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 do some of the, the young guy stuff that sometimes doesn't fit. And I'm just like, ah, mm-hmm. you don't need to do that. But, uh, any, any thoughts on Dustin and Spears? I mean, I, I really don't want to see Spears. Yeah. I like Dustin. Like, I like, I like watching Dustin do his thing. So it, 
it should be a good match. I'm just, like it's cold, so I'm not really that excited about it. Um, I, you know, it's funny. Like Jim Ross on commentary says, you know, it's not like Dustin ever says he's gonna retire or anything. But like that lead up to the, in, within that TNT tournament was like all of a sudden, remember, he, all, remember, all of a sudden he's like on the phone on a voicemail or. Or I think he was talking to Cody or someone. He was just like, you know, if I can't beat Kip Saban, I retire. Maybe it was, a, maybe it was just that match, you know. But I, to me, I thought it was the whole tournament. Like, if he can't win this championship, this is it for him. But maybe, I mean, I kind of just, I just read that wrong. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, cool. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Dustin fan. So anytime Dustin's wrestling, it's, it's a good thing. The we don't know about Britt and Statlander, so that could be off the show. I don't know if they will add something else. They they could, or they could just move the pre-show match, which is Private Party, who we haven't seen in a long time, mm. against uh, Best Friends, and the winner of that match, I believe, gets a number one contender shot at the tag titles, and we haven't seen the tag titles defended in quite a while. I would probably keep that on the pre-show, just because. Yeah, you want. I mean, that's the idea of the pre-show, some action-packed match to kind of get people to buy the pay-per-view. I mean, they're going to definitely bring the offense of a lot of crazy wrestling uh, moves and stuff. So I'd keep that. I would just eliminate God, whatever you book Britt Baker or Statlander, anyways. Is probably wasn't going to be a good match anyway. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise that this match isn't isn't happening. Or it it might. Or you just put Statlander with someone else. I don't know. I don't know who though. I'm trying to think what what. uh, what girl she would wrestle maybe aj maybe your girl aj she can wrestle i don't know if she's ready for pay-per-view yet though well it's front of it's front of their 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 wrestlers it's not that bad yeah i don't know it's still it's still i mean you know there's i don't know if statlander is ready for pay-per-view either but no um okay so for the aw women's championship it is nyla rose against uh sheeta and i don't expect this to be great i guess it has a chance to be okay but i'm just uh they 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 seem to want to do too many things to uh, make it exciting rather than have a just a really solid match and i imagine there's gonna be lots of blown stuff but you know who knows that maybe maybe they'll they'll be on the same page i am not expecting much better than uh average well, the result on Wednesday just kind of took the sales out of this match anyways. You know, having Nyla pin her challenger for the pay-per-view match. Um, I think uh, I, I can probably predict correctly that this match will probably go way too long than it should. And they'll, they're going to do a lot of stuff. And and it's you're, we'll be numb to it by the, you know, it'll be five minutes over than they should have been. Casino ladder match. The participants are Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, who they've been pushing uh, decently, uh, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and the mystery participant. I'm going out on a limb. I'm calling Jeff Cobb. And the reason why I'm calling Jeff Cobb is because you didn't answer. So that's that's my guess. Um, any thoughts on <laughs> <laughs> any oh, thoughts? Uh, any, any thoughts on who you would put over for this one? God, <laughs> I don't know. After that, watching that, I don't know who you know. Just because they did that personal pro, that that feature on Scorpio Sky, I could see you know him getting a, a shot. But is it a shot at a future pay per view or just a future title shot? I think it's a future title. Okay, so you can do something on TV. Um, I, I'm going to go with Scorpio Sky. 
I mean, but the mystery guy is always the person that's probably going to oh, yeah. win, and it's not going to be Jeff Cobb. <laughs> I think the mystery person. See the thing. The thing about here. Here's something that's interesting, right? So usually in this spot, if you are AEW and you want to pop that live crowd, you would bring in somebody who that live crowd would explode for. But there is no live crowd right now. What are you going to have? The wrestlers pop for the surprise. The gun so, club. So you don't have to necessarily do something that was for the live audience. You could do something that was, you know, is maybe for something that you want to do down the line. And you don't necessarily have to worry about that live crowd response to to the name, you know, because that can often be a little bit a, a little bit of a um, a misdirect in a sense because you know, like let's say Zack Ryder, and maybe it is Zack Ryder. Who knows? But Zack Ryder to that AEW crowd, all he's got to do is one woo woo woo, and that live crowd just goes nuts, and they want him to win this match, right? Without the live crowd, you can sort of say, okay, well, we don't have to necessarily do Zack. We could do someone who maybe would get a less of a pop on the on a live crowd, but it could mean more to what we want to do. Hey, you know, Darby, he probably might win this thing. He's well, a- I mean, the, my, my three, my three are. Darby, Phoenix, and, and Scorpio Sky. I think if any of those three win, or the mystery participant, I think I think that will be strong. I, I, I like Scorpio. I like pushing Scorpio Sky though. It's 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 uh it's kind of cool, and it's not something that I think we necessarily expected. So it it's a little bit different. I like it, and plus he's a he's a really good personality. Is uh, Joey Janelle in this? No, but some people are predicting that he may be the the mystery guy. Which would probably be a waste, a waste of a mystery because once we'll just put him in it, you know, that's kind of... Yeah. yeah, totally. It, that, I don't know. After seeing Phoenix crash and burn, and then also then soon after that, who else crashed and burned? I think Cabana missed people, right, with his moon salt. So I'm a little worried about these guys in there. Uh, okay, the, uh, the Stampede match. So we have the Elite against the Inner Circle. Uh... So it is Paige, Omega, Matt, and Nick against, uh, wait, hold on, Paige? Oh, Matt Hardy, sorry, I missed Matt Hardy, against uh, Jericho, uh, Hagar, Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. Do we, like, is there, what are the rules of this match? <sighs> you tell me. Okay, didn't, I didn't necessarily understand. I seem like, I feel like this is going to be wacky, like the Minoru Suzuki yeah, empty I mean, baseball stadium. They, they, yeah. You know, they they could they could definitely do that. Um, Jericho, I'm sure. You know, he he watches stuff and he 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 probably got something. But you know, not everyone in this match is Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, I think it more is gonna be more Kenny Omega, more his brainchild. I would think. Than anything else whatever it is i just hope that uh nobody gets hurt is one and two is i don't think they're going to do the cinematch because i think it would be uh, a mistake to do a cinematch here there are other if you down the line if you want to do something like that i think at this point it may be a little bit of a wwe copycat even though wwe didn't invent it but uh, I would stay away from that. I, I don't think that they're going to do that because that's why they have the whole football field. You don't need it. But uh, one, well, don't get hurt. And two, I don't, don't think it's going to be live. That's fine. I yeah, think that's cause, fine. Because think about it, it's a big stadium. They have to 
they're not going to just fight all together in one little area. I think some guys might go up one side and another side. So they're going to have to have multiple cameras yeah. going. So I would think they they would definitely film this ahead of time. I, I think that's the smart thing to do. They might even film it tomorrow night because it has to be at night, right? When the sun's down, I would think because the main event. And then, you know, edit it for the show the next day. Uh, Cody and Lance Archer, I have... Not to say that I'm not in, haven't been impressed with Cody of late, but he his character is getting a little bit like his dad's character, which no. I, I, I don't think it's <laughs> no. I don't I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to want uh-huh. to be like that cowboy kind of guy, but I think uh, there I think. The the, th- the risk with Cody is that if he pushes himself as hard as he may be pushing himself, there may be resentment, and he may actually turn himself heel. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm not. Re- I mean, because I'm not really into this program. Like I said, it, to me, I think Cody versus Jake Roberts, which I don't think is going to ever happen. So. So I, I did see uh, Peter Nutt. Uh, was that Peter? Was that movie that uh, it's really good? With uh, Shia LaBeouf. Jake Roberts is in it. He plays a heel. <laughs> a heel wrestler. Oh, the Peanut Butter Falcon? or Peanut Butter Falcon. I watched that. Watch that. So Jake did well in that. He did well in that. Um, but uh, I don't want to see that match between Cody and Jake. So I'm not really into it. I'm just more curious to how they're going to use Mike Tyson. That's the only thing that's has me somewhat, like this, the second on my list of, of what I'm at looking forward to watching on the pay-per-views. I just that want to see what Mike Tyson does um, in this match. But yeah, I agree. Cody could, you know, push himself too much and people start resenting him and he'll have to turn heel. But yeah, he definitely wants to book himself like his dad. You can tell, you can feel it. You can see it. Um, but I don't, I don't dislike it either. I, you know, he, he's serious a lot of times. I, you know, I like, I like, I like him. So, I like what he's doing overall. I kind of was just joking about the whole him like his dad because I see a lot of the stuff he's copying. And there's a, yeah. there's a part of me feels like, well, yeah, I could definitely see him winning the TNT championship because, you know, his dad was synonymous too with the NWA TV title. So I can mm-hmm. see like that happening too. And and this is not this is not me really having a problem with him. I just worry that when you are in charge, like Dusty was, um, you know, there, you, they, there's a little bit of resentment sometimes. And, and I hope that doesn't happen. You know, they, they got a lot of guys who are who are helping out with the booking and stuff. But, you know, when you when you when you are trying to be Dusty Rhodes, I could I could see how you may make some decisions that would rub some people mm-hmm. the wrong way. But I, I hope I'm wrong because I, I, you know, I hope that these these guys can can figure it out. All right. Main event, uh, Moxley and Brody Lee. I would have to say that the build has been subpar i don't think it's because of moxley i think it's because of the the dark order stuff the dark order character uh brody lee i don't think has gotten over the way that uh, they thought he would yeah uh one thing that really stood out to me on this wednesday show during brody lee's promo is that wow he is more he was more interesting as the wide-eyed crazy man in the back of a group than he was as a leader of a group um, that really stuck stuck out to me. Um, I wasn't really impressed at all with his uh, his promo. Um, this match is it's I, 
I believe it happened out of just because of COVID and the quarantine. I think this a little bit. I don't think you'd rush to have this main event. I don't know. Maybe it was a plan all along, but I think they would probably would have preferred a little more of a a build up to Lee Brody getting a title shot somewhere down the line. So I'm curious about the finish. I will. I believe they'll do a clean finish, and you know this seems too little, too early to pin Brody Lee. But it also seems you know you don't want to put the belt on Brody Lee either. You know, take it off Moxley this time. So no, I don't, I don't think so. So um, in, you know you got to be careful too with this match because I expect it to go all over the place. You know, but then also there's the main events all over a stadium, right? So. Lot, there's a lot of similarities a lot of these matches. I know they, they act like they feel different, but like, you know, there's they're gonna be a lot of outside stuff with the ladder match. There's gonna be a lot of outside stuff with Cody and Archer. There's gonna be a lot of outside stuff in this match. So that's something they have to be uh um cautious you know, cautious about and also conscious about and also how to separate them on this card, I think would be best. Uh okay, so I think that is it for uh this show uh on Monday, sorry, Sunday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, I believe I am doing a AEW Double or Nothing recap with Jason Hagholm. So instead of Monday, I believe our second or actually first show of the week, because we're, we're doing uh, Friday and Monday now, it'll actually be Sunday instead of Monday. So it'll be a day early just so Jason and I can get the the immediate uh feedback about double or nothing up for people to listen to so we'll also talk a little bit about some mma stuff because there's some news that came out today that uh, i didn't just want to shovel into this show that i can save for the uh the saturday night sunday morning show uh anything else from you no i'm good man it's a another fun show and talk some wrestling and the crazy world of it yeah absolutely uh, okay, so again, one, once more, happy birthday to your your son. Can't believe that he's already two. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, so um, happy birthday to Hunter. And again, you know, just uh, one, one more time, you know, RIP to to Shad Gaspard. That was a such a sad story. And and I, I hope that uh, you know the the family and everything. Uh, they're not going to be well at all. But you know, hopefully they're they're able to come back from from this uh in 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 a strong way so all right uh for john i am double g we will see you when we see you peace out